Well, today I'm going to tell you about two fears that bind you and one fear that will set you free. So fear is a real emotion. Would you agree? Absolutely. And it's sometimes reasonable to have fear, but I want to let you know that fear can grip us and then make us do crazy things. Maybe you've been there. Well, I want to let you know that my name is Mark. If you don't know uh, who I am, if you're watching online, welcome. And for those of you who are joining us in person, welcome. And I see some new faces. So my name is Mark Warren, and I'm one of the pastors at Grace Capital Church. And here we are about getting you ready to meet Jesus face to face, because that day will come for every single one of us. And there's something that we can do here and now to prepare for that. Well, before we get into this message about fear, I want to tell you a little bit about uh, myself. So I'm going to tell you a story about when I was young. I, I spent five years of my life living in the state of Oregon. I was born in Ottawa, Ontario, but uh, my dad changed professions uh, midway through his life, and uh, here I am in Oregon. So that was a big change for me. But here I am. I'm... Uh, third of four kids. Um, many, much of the time, my world was unpredictable. You can just imagine a larger family and being third born, you're in the middle and you are the last to know about things. <laughs> so my life felt a little bit um, uncertain and I didn't really feel like I had a voice. And so I try to ma manage my emotions by controlling my environment. You I told you about that, how, about anxiety, right? How I, my default is when I get anxious is try to control things. And when I'm unhealthy, you don't want to be around me in those places because I'll try to control <laughs> you in an environment and it just won't be nice. But I, I realized that in my unawared state when I was 11 years old, this story goes, I must have been feeling, um, feeling uncertain, because uh, my sister uh, happened to be three years younger than me, was the recipient of my controlling behavior sometimes. Well, I didn't know I was being controlling. I just thought we were playing cowboys and Indians. 11 years old, she must have been, well, I guess eight years old. And I said, hey, let's, this will be fun. Why don't you, you come against it? We'll play cowboys and Indians. You line up against a tree and I'll wrap a rope around you like you're the Indian I've captured you. Well, today, this story definitely would be politicized, and it's like, what are you talking about? So forget that. I was 11 years old. I'm not making a case for anything here. And I wrapped around, and I thought, oh, this would be fun. Why don't I just run away and pretend I'm going to leave her there? So my sister, now completely tied to a tree, is feeling, and I've vanished, um, is beginning to panic. And I let it go on for, you know, four or five minutes. But for my sister, it probably felt like an eternity. And here I was. But, and fear probably gripped her. But, you know, I was trying to wrestle through my, probably there was something going on in my life that I felt uncertain. I was like, hey, it was going to be a game. But then I thought it went into like, I'm going to control the situation. And, and that's what fear does to us, doesn't it? it? It ties us up and it begins to torment us. That's what fear does. Today, the last part of our series of Live Free and Die, part four, and this, this series was designed to really set us free. 
Because we have an enemy in John 10.10 10, that says he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Every single one of you here today and watching online have an enemy that wants to kill, steal, destroy. And this journey that we're on, and Jesus came to what? Give us life and life in the full. And in John 8.36 it says, he the son is set free is free indeed. So we're in this, in this journey towards freedom, and today is the last part. It started out as just going to be a one-off, and then all of a sudden God was like revealing some things, and it's like, and revealing things in my own life, and I've been on this journey with you. So part one was, we said, if we're not fighting for our freedom, we're losing our freedom, right? Part two, we said, the fasting is the fastest way to find your freedom, and many of you took up that challenge and began to fast certain things from your life. And then number three, last week we said how to break free from anxiety. And, and we basically says wear knees in your holes, basically talking about praying. We're talking about fertilizing your mind and heart with Jesus, right? We were talking about what are you, entering, what are you allowing enter your mind? And the last thing is put a gate on your mouth. And thank you so much. I've been watching you on Facebook. You've been doing a great job. Put a gate on your mouth, realizing that our words have power and they influence our environment and will either cause anxiety or freedom by even just the words that we speak. So if you missed any one of those, you can find them on our website. Just look at that series, Live Free or Die, and you can watch those and it'd be encouraging for you. But today, the two fears that tie you up and the one fear that sets you free is what we're talking about. The two fears I'm talking about, there's a lot of them, but I think the two that are very relevant to today is the fear of not having enough or the fear of lack and then the fear of dying. The fear of dying. So our economy is a little bit shaky. You know, we're, we're trying to bolster it. We're trying to give away money. We're trying to give, you know, people who are on employment the extra $600, which by the way is running out at the end of this week. <laughs> Um, but there's a lot of uncertainty, right? And, and begin to create these scenarios or what if, and a lot of fear can start to well up and, and the what if, what if I can't pay my bills? What if I can't put food on the table? What if I, my car breaks down and I can't afford it? What if I lose my job? But I want to say, but what if the what ifs is not what is? What if the what ifs are not what is? Because the reality is they are what ifs. They're not reality yet. And the what ifs begin to control us and put fear into us and then we begin to maybe act a little crazy sometimes. There's a really interesting scientific study that, that talks about this. Um, Eldar Sharif, he wrote this book called Scarcity, The New Science of Having Less and How It Defines Your Lives, did some brain studies and really cognitive capabilities. And they said, if, you, if a certain person walks around just trying to remember seven numbers, that's the capacity of which they can function by just like, I got to remember these seven numbers. Gotta remember. Like you can't add more things to their brain other than those seven numbers. So, we realize that there's limited capacity and how it relates to fear is this way. Another study was done in 2013. Shafir and the economist 
who has a really interesting name, Sandhill Melanithan, found that low-income respondents were asked to think about a hypothetical, no, hypothetical question. There we go. <laughs> hypothetical question, this. And there are, remember, they're already low-income. The hypothetical question is that you have a $1,500 car repair and even just the question lowered their IQ performance by 13 points, which is the same level as if you try to pull an all-nighter. Have you ever done that? Stayed up all night, all night. It feels like you've just kind of like, like you, ha- it's, you feel like maybe you're drunk. I don't really know what that feels like. Maybe a little bit, but not really. Maybe in my early days. But, but um, I, why did I go there? I didn't even need to go there, right? <laughs> This was before Jesus, okay? All right. So here's the reality. is like, so fear, just the thought of a $1,500 car repair for somebody who doesn't have a lot of money begins to impair our judgment, right? Fear of not having enough will impair our judgment and the decisions we make. And studies show this, that increases impulse buying and, uns- uh, and unnecessary purchasing. You-, you saw this when COVID first hit, Right? There weren't more people needing to go to the bathroom, I want to let you know. <laughs> and, the, and the manufacturers of toilet paper weren't doing anything different. The only difference was fear gripped people, and they thought, I'm not going to have the ability to have toilet paper, and they rushed to do crazy things. But the problem with that kind of fear, and especially talking about the fear of lack It actually puts people in greater debt and further bondage. But Jesus wants to set us free. And I think this is why we love talking about Financial Peace University here at Grace Capital Church, because we know that the scripture says the borrower is slave to the lender, right? And then the Bible also says, oh, no man, anything except the debt of love. So here it is that we're realizing that God has said some things about money, and we're going to be talking about the anecdote to fear here of the fear of lack in a moment. I'm just kind of laying the, the foundation for both of these fears and, and how it actually affects us. The next one is the fear of death. And today, there's greater fear about that because of the fear of COVID, right? The fear of, what if I get it? And honestly, it's, it's a real concern. We need to be vigilant. New Hampshire is better than most. And so, you know, praise Jesus that, that we're uh, probably less susceptible than other parts of the country. But, but there are many who are struggling with that grip of fear of dying. And maybe, you know, so much so they stay in their home or obviously you guys are here, so you probably don't have that fear. So I'm not talking to you, but maybe I'm talking to somebody who's listening online. And maybe it's, you grip the fact that somebody might not wear a mask around you and like, what if, what if I catch it? But to put it in perspective, just for a moment, they're saying that COVID-19 may, may only be the 10th of the top 10 leading causes of death in 2020, which means there's nine other causes of death that frequently happen every single year. So just kind of put it in perspective. Heart disease is number one, by the way. Look after your heart. <laughs> Eat well. Don't have a lot of stress. That's what I'm helping you with. Get free from all these things. 
So here's the thing. We must start living from an eternal perspective, eternity, forever, and not a temporal one. This is when we get into a place that, that, that gets us in a place of fear is when we start living temporary, like here and now, like this is it. If you start living like this is it, you actually stop living. Living for now is, by the way, living for the flesh. You'll see that on the screen. Living for now is living for your flesh, which actually leads to bondage, right? You want to just kind of like, I got to live the fullest life now. I've got to like experience everything. I've got to like partake in everything. I just got to live full because this is it here and now. But living for eternity is living for the spirit because that's what's eternal is our spirit. And that actually leads to freedom. Why this, why this principle is so important because this is how we combat these fears. But before we get to the answer, I want to tell you about the one fear that's good for us. Can you guess? The one fear that will cut the strings that bind us. Here we go. Proverbs 9.10 says it. The fear of the Lord is beginning of all wisdom. The fear of the Lord. Now, this word might cause confusion. It's like, wait a second, I thought we're not supposed to have fear. Well, let me tell you what this fear is. You have to go back into the original Hebrew of what this was written. And and this fear is talking about reverence, respect, awe. And, And why do we have to start with this foundation of who God is, who the Lord is, Because we have to understand if we're going to live in a spiritual way, not just in a physical, fleshly, temporal way, an eternal way, we need to understand who our Father in heaven is. So here we go. He's the author of life. He's the beginning and the end. He's our provider. He's our healer. He's our deliverer and so much more. By the way, he is the best father. I I don't know what you're upbringing was, whether you had a good dad or not a good dad. I mean, they're all good. But I mean, if you're just saying, hey, I don't know what it's like to be loved by a father. I'll tell you, he's the most gracious, loving, kind, forgiving father. And then he's the one who has given us eternal life through Jesus Christ. So to have that relationship with God, our father, he provided that way through Jesus Christ. The Bible says, whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life, right? That's the eternal perspective. So we have to have that foundation. Okay, so here we go. So if God, the fear of God, it actually sets us free, we have to realize that our relationship with God is a spiritual relationship. So we have to understand the difference between temporal, fleshly, eternal, and spiritual, And if we can make that differentiation, you are going to live free. I guarantee it. Here we go. I'm going to give you the anecdotes to the first two two fears. So three ways to cut from, um, to be free from not having enough, right? The three ways to be free from not having enough. The Bible says you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and money. Okay, so immediately we're already making that distinction, Nothing wrong with money, but money can actually have a grip of us. The lack of money can have a grip of us. Too much money can have a grip on us, right? Too much money can lead to selfishness and pride and, and arrogance. And not enough money can lead to 
a, a scarcity mindset and fear. So the first, if you're taking notes, this is where you kind of like, this is like applicable, right? This is what you're to do. Now, I just gave you information. Now this is the transformation part, the, the thing that you need to walk out. So number one, the way to get free from not having enough is one, give generously. Wait a second, I don't already have enough. <laughs> and now you're saying give generously? You see, you have to combat it in the spirit, not just in the physical. And if we trust that, this is why we have to go back to God. Who is God? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. God is our provider, right? So if we begin to say, guess what? I'm not limited by what I see in my bank account because I have my provider who's going to care for me. And so you have to begin to live generously. And as we live generously, then we're putting our fear to say, that doesn't control me. My spirit is alive and I know where my provision comes from. Give generously. How are we doing? By the way, New Englanders, I have to give you some bad news. In the nation, you stink at this. <laughs> Not you personally. Don't take offense. <laughs> There's something about New Englanders, we, just in our nature, that we are typically, when they give you all the studies of the most generous places in the U.S., New England, wah, wah, wah. but we're going to break that trend. We're going to break that trend because we're going to live for the spirit, which is we're going to give generously. Okay, the next one is tithing to your local church. Okay, so immediately somebody's like, I'm turning this off. They're talking about money now. They just want my money. I've heard it all. You can't offend me. Don't worry about it. The reason why I'm telling you about this is because this is a blessing. It's a promise that God has given you. Malachi let me tell you, this will set you free. By the way, tithing is a tenth. So it, really easy to figure out. Whatever you make, give 10% of that to your local church. Now, if you're listening to this and you don't go to Grace Capital Church, but yet you belong to another community of faith, give to that community of faith. So this is not about Grace Capital Church. I'm just giving you a biblical principle from the Bible. Here we go, Malachi. Or if you want to be really Italian, Malachi. We can go to Malachi here. <laughs> Old Testament, it is right before uh, Matthew. So uh, Malachi chapter three, verse eight says, will a man rob God? See, can we rob from God? It's saying we can. Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how are we robbing you? Well, in tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. So now he's talking about the Israelites, but we also know that we're adopted into the family of God. So we have the same uh, principles that apply to us. So here it is that God is saying, you're actually robbing me from when you don't give your full tithe. Now, you don't hear many people talking about this, right? Because it's not this feel-good thing. Cursed you'll be for not tithing. But here's the promise. This is the part that I want you to hear. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse. Now, a storehouse back then would be um, the, the church leaders would have a storehouse. That there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, that I will open up the windows of heaven. Here we go. Breathe this in. I'll open up the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there's no more need. How do you overcome lack? Tithe to your local church. Because there's the promise that is given here. So you, over, you have to overcome your fear of the fleshly thing 
Because your pride's also going to say, you know, I don't give to churches because whatever, whatever, whatever. I don't know what they're going to do with my money. And, you know, it's like, whatever. But when you say, you know, but I trust God in his principle. I trust God with what he says. And then I'm also going to like, when I give it, I release it. And the blessing is for you. Now there's a responsibility for sure on a church. And if a church is squandering your money, have a conversation with leaders and say, hey, can we have a conversation? But have confidence. That doesn't take place here at Grace Capital Church. We have a great council that stewards this and our focus is in building the kingdom. All right, enough said on that. So number one, give generously. Number two, tithe your local church. And number three, become a steward and be faithful. Why this one is important, let me just read the scripture for you. Luke 16, verse 11 from New Living Translation says this, and if you're unworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches of heaven? There's something about the way that we handle resources realizing that they're not our own, that we're just stewards of it. If God, belo- God owns everything, right? He does. You, you might trick yourself to think that you earned it and you own it, um, but he owns everything. And if you begin to posture yourself as a steward of those resources, then guess what? It sets you free. It sets you free. Free from when God says, hey, can you be generous with this person? Hey, see that need over there? Can you meet that need? The only response at that point in time, God, it's yours anyways, okay. And then you realize that you're free to be generous. You're free to tithe. You're free to do what God's asked you to do because the storehouse of heaven is available to you to pour down upon you as God sees fit. Now, it's not a give to get, by the way. This is not like rub the, the genie bottle and said, God, I did this, this, this for you. Therefore, where's my, where's my pot of gold? No, it's like trusting that God knows what you need when you need it. And he's a good father. Okay. How do we break free from the fear of death? Oh, by the way, let me just give you this one little saying. So here, here's what the Bible says, summing it up. Gain all you can. Nothing wrong with wealth. Gain all you can. Save all you can. There's a good Dave Ramsey, Ramsey principle. Save all you can. And then give all you can. There's a lot of cans there. Gain all you can. Save all you can. And give all you can. Basically, we work hard, live simply, and give all we can to the kingdom of God. All right? All right, here we go. The second fear to overcome, remember, you've got to move from dealing with it in the flesh to dealing with it in the spirit. And by the way, we're made with spirit, body, mind, and spirit, right? So we have a spirit that's dwelling in us. We have to overcome these fears with our spirit. And here, here we go. The first one to overcome the fear of death is live for God and not for yourself. If you're writing this down, live for God and not yourself. Here's the principle, Matthew 10, 39. It says this, whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever his, loses his life for my sake will find it, for Jesus' sake. In other words, when you realize that your life is not your own, you'll actually find life. When you realize that you're not afraid of this life and you're not even afraid of death because, you know what? After this life is another life to be lived with Jesus for all eternity in heaven, as long as we've come to Jesus. My concern is those who haven't given their life to Jesus, they have all eternity separated from God in a dark, awful place. 
So when we are willing to say, my life is not my own, it's yours, God, I'm living for you, it gives us a real freedom to say, you know what, when it's my time to go, it's my time to go. And I don't mind when my time to go is because it's going to be spectacular, (laughs) right? You can clap for that one. It's going to be spectacular. Oh, man. All right. And that brings to this next point, which is live like you're passing through this life to the next. The Bible says this, we're only here for a moment, 1 Chronicles 29, 15, you're only here for a moment, visitors and strangers in this land, as our ancestors were before us, our days on earth like are a passing shadow, gone so soon without a trace. Revelations 12, chapter 2, sorry, 12, verse 11 says this, and they conquered him by the blood of the lamb, blood of the lamb is Jesus, what he did on the cross for us. And by the word of our testimony, what Jesus has done for us, we're sharing with others. But here we go. For they loved not their lives even unto death. In other words, we shouldn't get too comfortable with loving our life in this world. This is really not our home. It's our temporary home, but it's not our forever home. (laughs) So don't put your roots so strongly down in this world because we're just passing through and your life is gonna be like gone like that. So we understand that fear impedes our thinking, right? Our judgment. And we start acting foolishly and we start acting out of character and we start, stop actually making sound decisions when we allow fear to grip us. But the one fear that we need to have is the fear of the Lord because it's the beginning of all wisdom. It's the beginning of understanding what this all means, what all life means. And it's the beginning of understanding that we are just sojourners. We're just passing through. And he has lots for us to do while we're passing through, by the way. This is not like just give me my ticket and let me get out. We're supposed to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth to share the good news of Jesus with others and to care for the the broken and the hurting and the lost. So here we go. To, if I'm going to sum this up, how do we overcome fear? We got to start doing the opposite things. Fear of lack, we want to hoard, we want to hold on, we want to try to hold on to the last little bit that we have. But to overcome it, you have to live by the Spirit, which is saying, no, 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 be generous, let go, be stewards, tithe, be generous. Overcoming the fear of life. Ah, oh, I just got to hold in this life. I got to make every moment of this life. I got to put down deep roots. I got I to have my best life now. And God is saying, hey, be willing to lose your life <laughs> for my sake. Don't hold on to this life so tightly because this is not your forever home. So today... Start actively cutting those cords that bind you, the, the, the thing that have been wrapping you around the tree, the enemy, the sneaky little guys trying to bind you and play tricks on you. But you can overcome. Be more generous. Be that steward, not an owner. Live for God, not for yourself. Live like you're passing through this life to the next. Live for your spirit, not for your flesh. Think eternal, 
not just for today. Our Father is good. Our Father is good. And he's worthy for you to trust him with your life. What if you thought that your life is not your own? God has given you the life. You're to steward it. And when your time is up, God gets to choose that for you. See, this keeps my life free. It's not, my, it's not mine. This money's not mine. This life's not mine. And then you can live with greater freedom, greater hope, greater joy, not bound, not controlled, free. So today, the two fears that bind you, you now know how to be free from those. But it starts by understanding the one fear that will set you free. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. And remember that fear means God is a good father to be revered, honored, respected. His ways are above our ways. And he's a good, good father. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching. Thank you.